0: Hello and welcome again to the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. I am the uh, de facto moderator for tonight, Spencer Tordoff. Joining me, we have Nick Cummings. Hey there. And Tyler Martin. Hi. And we are talking about the hot button uh, bit of news that came out this week. Uh, If you are not already aware, Valve had a cryptic announcement page at the start of the week. And through the course of, uh, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, revealed that they are working on their own version of Linux called SteamOS, that it's going to be on a piece of hardware, which was confirmed before. And then finally, they are designing a pretty radically different new controller to tie the whole thing up. Uh, controller apparently works on PC or Steam box, doesn't really matter. There's been a lot of varied reactions about this. Uh, in fact, we were just having a discussion earlier. There was a lot of varied reaction among us.
1: It feels weird to call it a, its own version of Linux, too, since I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot about Linux, but isn't it just another distribution? It's not like a radically different OS than other Linux. I mean, you could still theoretically be using the same edition of Steam with like Ubuntu or red hat or whatever Uh,
0: conceivably but i mean at the same time i mean with that type of logic you could basically distill it down to well none of them are that different from unix anyway so
2: eh. i think a good a good corollary would be like chrome os compared to like the chrome browser with all its extensions and functionality
1: oh really i think so not super clear on what steam os really offers yet i guess
2: basically they want it to be
0: as inclusive as they can manage for hardware I don't think they announced any uh, partners. However, there is a very distinctly, couldn't call it a coincidence, timing in NVIDIA saying, hey, we're actually working on our Linux drivers now. That's kind of a big deal. And I feel like that's not coming out of nowhere. Their whole purpose of this OS, at least according to to Valve in their press release, they were pretty light on details, uh, was that this is all about performance it's all about gaming performance they want lowest possible input uh, input latency best graphics performance they just want it to be the quickest promptest most optimized form of Linux for gaming that there is which makes a lot of sense because currently no version of Linux is optimized for gaming not that you can really blame anybody I'm anticipating a lot of this for the uh, for the duration of the podcast do you use Linux Spencer?
1: Do you care about Linux?
0: The machine hooked up to my television right now runs Ubuntu.
1: Do you run any games on it at all, whatsoever? Is, is it just XBMC?
0: It's pretty much just XBMC. I don't run any games on it, uh, mostly because I don't have a wireless or cable long enough to hook up a controller to it. I do play Stepmania on there.
1: What the hell Step Stepmania? Oh my god. It's an open source DDR port. God fucking damn it.
0: I have a, I have a dance pad stop judging me i can hear you judging me over the call is it a red octane red octane stopped manufacturing so i have a decent hard foam pad
2: guitar hero actually killed that company fun story i'll yeah. tell you sometime
1: i wish that it had killed guitar hero too and uh dance dance revolution
2: dance dance revolution is already
0: dead it's just the community that keeps dragging it forward but that is not what we're talking about yeah
1: no please
2: fifth mix kill ddr come on guys
1: we could talk about you and your weird Dance Dance Revolution pad for an hour if we really... You know, you're
0: outnumbered you're here, Tyler. <laughs> and yet you don't take my phone calls at 3 a.m., Tyler, so I don't know why you want to bring it up now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll set that aside then for your next yeah. intervention.
2: <laughs> so on the topic of DDR dance pads, let's get back to this operating system, which uh, totally runs on a dance pad. So we don't know a whole lot about the specifics other than we know that Valve's been working with a lot with Linux over the last couple of years. They've mentioned optimizing games for Linux, uh, fine-tuning how Left 4 Dead runs on OpenGL Linux, for example, and finding you know good hardware performance from that. And Dave Newell, uh, head of Valve, has been pretty vocal about his disdain for Windows 8 and uh, basically has been doom saying that Windows is killing PC gaming and the PC industry. So a move to embrace Linux more is not surprising. It's something that they've telegraphed for a long time. And uh, the question, I guess, becomes, like, what does this look like in tandem with hardware? And that was what their second announcement was about. Because you can download um, SteamOS for free, and they've said it will be free forever and open source and all that, so you, people can keep working on it. But
1: Before we go to the machines, though, do you guys agree with that, the idea that Windows 8 is killing PC gaming? because. I mean, Windows 8 has been out for, what, like a couple of years now? It doesn't really seem like PC gaming has been slowing down at all.
0: I mean, granted, I'm not really the person to ask because I'm still on Windows 7 on my gaming rig and have no uh, no intention of changing. I don't know. I, I think it's it's more the trend that, uh, that Gabe is talking about. Like, sure, Windows still enjoys uh, pretty wide hardware support, and... Steam games still run on uh, on Windows. But the notion of locking down the system is, is what Gabe's referring to specifically. Now, granted, people have pointed out there's a bit of irony there. The idea of the owner of a fairly locked-in content platform saying that the OS is getting locked down.
2: But... Sounds like Apple.
1: There you go. Like <laughs> well, that's been the whole argument. Like, there's been apps on Android that have been prevented from going to iOS because you can't have a separate app store on the app store itself. Because then we're talking about like Russian nesting doll versions of app marketplaces.
0: The thing I would say, at least, about uh, SteamOS, is that they have not... uh, I mean, there's no indication here that you can only run Steam stuff through SteamOS. Like, certainly that would be the simplest way well
1: if it's linux i mean presumably you'll be able to run anything that runs on linux
2: there you go and even if they don't ship it that way you'll be able to run your own code set it up the way you want to i mean it's, it's still an open system exactly
1: you can you can put open office on your steam box shirt sure, why not Cow that
2: piece of shit but yeah no you totally can uh pro tip you guys uh libre
0: office meaning free i guess in some language. I'm so dumb, uh, but anyway, LibreOffice <laughs> is actually a fork of OpenOffice that's still being updated. So, pro tip there, it's actually quite good. I don't think
1: I've used anything besides like the Google Suite of stuff in union years.
0: I only open them when I need to edit a resume. But
2: for someone who loves Google, there. why do you not like
0: Google Docs? I, I love Google Docs. I use Google Docs all the time. I just need to make sure that a desktop client is going to be able to open it because people who open resumes are about the age of my parents, and therefore they don't understand what Google Docs oh, are. Oh, totally. Export to PDF. Just get that shit out of there. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I, I export to PDF from there, but- uh, Who are you sending
1: doc files to?
0: I'm Not typically, but if they want one, I need to make sure that it's
1: in a usable state. So. Do you want to work for a company that only accepts doc files?
0: Man, I want to work for a company, right now, so just, just whatever.
2: You should probably save as word perfect too, just to be safe.
0: Yeah, Lotus. I, I always make sure it's rich text. You know, I'm just, I try to cover my bases. And Claris works
2: anyway. This is our new advice podcast for the unemployed, since that comprises two of us
1: now. <laughs> Buy a fax machine. Oh boy. Oh boy.
2: Anyway,
0: so there's going to be flexibility there in the platform because it's Linux. Now, granted, whether that does translate, as they're saying, to gaming performance, whether they do have uh, sufficient developer support, which um, I think they alluded to anyway, but they have not been articulate really about any of this. They've just said, this is what we're working on. Yeah, here we go. Watch for announcements in the coming weeks about all the AAA titles coming natively to SteamOS in 2014. So they've got some type of support they just don't want to name names
1: that what wait that doesn't make any sense
0: yeah I I know it sounds kind of odd but again this is a very vague you
1: can't even say like developers or publishers or I mean assuming these are all exa- games that already exist too I mean I
0: I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth because I'm
1: we're talking on a podcast make some assumptions <laughs>
2: This is yellow journalism like crazy, man. Just spit it out.
1: You don't work for Valve. You don't need to protect them.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: basically, I assume that almost anybody, with the exception of maybe EA and Activision, who's had a, uh, like a publisher sale, they probably got some leverage there. I, I, I feel like, you know, if you're a company that develops primarily for PC... You probably want to go to bat for Steam on this.
1: Primarily, sure, but like, you know, there's a lot of uh, publishers that have been doing fairly well on Steam lately that are primarily console publishers, and they do it because it's getting easier to bring that content to PC. Yeah. And now you're, you're saying that Steam's coming to them. It's like, now put your shit on Linux. That seems like a, more of a stretch. That's a good
2: point because, like, look at like Capcom's a poster child, I think, in that case of like, having success porting stuff to PC, like or square. Yeah. Square too. I guess the last remnants on steam for some reason.
1: So, well, also they own IDOS or what was IDOS. So like two Raider's done fairly well on steam and Deus ex and, and thief will be out soon.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's too
2: bad. Okay. Yeah, that is,
0: <laughs> uh, I just know that's not going to be, um, anything but a disappointment, but I think you guys are assuming that there's some vast leap That needs to occur for a game to make it from, you know, Mac or Windows to Linux. My understanding, and granted I'm not a programmer, but my understanding is that if you've got it running under OS X, you're already like 90% of the way to getting it running on Linux.
1: Yeah, but most of those games aren't on OS X either.
0: But if you're developing in OpenGL instead of Direct3D, which I feel like that's kind of 50-50, it really depends on uh, the developer... If you're running on OpenGL, it's also not that difficult. Like, it's of course, requires effort. I am an armchair programmer in this regard. I don't really know anything about it.
1: If Valve wants to sell this OS, they're going to run into the same problems that every console manufacturer runs into. And this is even before we enter Steam Machines into the argument. This is what Nintendo is doing with the Wii U right now. To sell your machine, you need games. To get games from third-party publishers, you need to sell your machine.
2: But they already have 300-some Linux games to go right out the door. Like, if you're talking about, like, a brand new... like If you're talking about, like, if this is going to launch this fall, they need, like, Watch Dogs on there, that's a different story.
1: I'm saying they need games that sell well, and they need games that aren't just indie games. Like, Sony is doing well to push indie games on sale, but they have AAA titles, too. Like, they have the... Big games that are going to sell that box. It's not going to be the indie games. The indie games are going to be great sellers for people that are, have already bought the PS4. So my guess would be,
2: based on the way they're marketing this and the way that they've these announcements have not been made through interviews or anything like that with the mainstream press, but through announcements on their own website, is that they are trying to communicate this to their to the people who are already patrons of their platform. I think they're trying to reach out to people who are already engaged with Steam, who are already using it and already have an investment in the platform. So I think that the reason why they made this announcement now, also given the fact that they said that they won't be rolling out hardware until next year, is to get the people who are already bought into Steam thinking about, how do I want to expand to the living room? Do I want to like look into these pre-built machines? Do I want to just use an old shitty piece of, uh, PC I had, and then stream from my main Windows or Mac box or, you or know, that kind of stuff?
1: The streaming aspect seems like the most compelling part of SteamOS to Steam users right now.
0: And I do want to touch on that, but the other thing that I would like to point out is um, I think Nick's completely correct. And the evidence of that is that the purpose of this posting was to reach out to the faithful, basically. Uh, I regret saying that already. Reach out to their base. You fucking sell it.
2: I agree with you, but.
0: To reach out to their base and to say, hey, also we're looking for signups so that we can get this hardware into the hands of people. And start refining it, start tweaking it, start working on the OS, start getting feedback on the controller. I think that's perfectly reasonable.
1: I guess, again, it just provides me some confusion because like, usually when it comes to hardware announcements, when you're talking about like new consoles or whatever, you're not announcing it to the people that already bought into your shit. You're announcing it to the grand public at large saying, here's the next big thing. We want the people that we already have and we want more. And Valve does not seem to be saying we want more.
2: I think you're correct, but I also don't don't think that that's mutually exclusive from them having that long term strategy. I think this is just step one.
1: It seems more like step point five.
2: I think the one thing that's most important to keep in mind here is that with the Valve strategy from the horse's mouth all the way down is that they want to disrupt and they want to think like steps and steps and years ahead on where games are going and what their purpose will be. And like when I saw. Gabe Newell speak uh, here in town a few months ago. Um, he laid out a lot of this stuff pretty plainly, but the one thing that stood out was just his, the way they are looking at games—not as like they're not defining them as like sets of rules that you interact with and play with, but more like user experience generation generators that allow people to create and share experiences. So, if that's the kind of thing that they have for the thing that they sell, which is pretty much not how anybody else would defi- define a game, and they're looking at this kind of very atypical hardware design, both for their controller and platform. I think that expecting them to try and compete on Sony and Microsoft's turf using their tried and true strategies is is kind of. I wouldn't bet on that.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I mean, with all the talk though of like how successful Steam is and how much money Valve has, I was expecting their their a big announcement to be, well, bigger. No one else, you guys are just totally content with like, yeah, this is, I'm on board. This is all neat. I'm jazzed first. This is what This is what I expected. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, this is, there have been hints running up to this. I think the only surprise was the controller, and that was mostly a case of what is it going to look like.
1: <laughs> it looks completely bananas.
0: <laughs> uh, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. It totally does. Oh, God damn it, you guys. Anyway, Gabe Newell went to a Linux conference and talked about gaming on Linux. The hardware got confirmed, again, about a year ago now, almost. Maybe maybe a little later than that, but he he said on record, yeah, we're working on this. These announcements are not some big groundbreaking thing. They're confirming really what people have suspected for quite a long time.
1: Well we haven't actually talked hardware yet, so let's let's switch gears then. Let's move on to Steam machines. Of which there are more than one apparently
0: Yes. I mean, they're saying that they're working with multiple partners, which is not unexpected, to create a variety of set-top
1: boxes. That's not going to be confusing to people.
2: Well, they announced that they'd be working
1: with multiple hardware vendors
2: back when they announced that they were making Steam hardware.
0: Yeah, back when that uh, initial company announced the
2: Piston, I think it's called. Oh, God. What a terrible name.
0: It's kind of an ugly little box,
2: too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's kind of a remarkable amount of power for that size,
2: but... Well, on a scale of like, Ouya to PS4, how does it look? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, 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 which, which are you saying is the high point here? I'm not really too clear with you, Nick.
2: Stat-wise or styling? It's more like an electromagnetic spectrum. One isn't necessarily better than the other. Okay. Really? Between... No, it's, of course, Ouya looks like shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, the design on it is fine. I don't know about anything running on it, but... Anyway, my point is, there's a variety of hardware partners. This is what we expected. Piston is one of those. We know that other stuff is coming. Again, not a really big surprise. Their machine itself is... They're shipping 300 of them this year. High-performance prototype, optimized for gaming, living room, completely upgradable and open. Very intriguing. Probably, I'd say, micro ATX-based, but... Don't quote me on
2: that. Yeah, let's not speculate on this shit. I mean, you can look at what's... Uh, look at that graphic they have there. Um, when you scroll down from... This is terrible for podcasting, I know. But, like, they have this little image of, like, a couch and, like, a bunch of pieces of hardware running in front of a TV with a steamed uh, big picture on it. They're trying to illustrate different shapes and sizes, I think, there. So, whatever. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fucking computer, just in the same way that a console is a computer and your desktop is a computer...
1: I wonder what they need all that power for, though, because, I mean, what what on Linux right now is really all that taxing? You don't really need all that much to run, like, Left 4 Dead 2 or Dota 2 at max settings, do you? Dota, you kind of do. Really? A little bit. It's got, like, when a lot of shit starts breaking, you hang,
2: out the, you hang out in the jungle long enough, man, you see some things.
1: Oh. Maybe I could just run it at a lower resolution. It runs fine on my... Aged, aged, aged MacBook. It scales really nicely. <laughs> okay.
0: That I mean, that's one of the big selling points of Source as an engine is that it scales magnificently. Like, it'll run on DX7. You have to cut a lot of shit, but it'll run on it. At any rate, the machines that they're talking about, the one that they are building is for people who want to have the most control over the hardware. It's probably going to have the most power. It'll probably be able to run multiple OSs if that's your thing.
1: And if you're using Steam, it's probably going to be your thing. There you go. If you have
2: a neck beard, it's probably going to be your thing.
1: Ugh. Don't those two things kind of go hand in hand? Do they?
2: Do they really? I mean, I saw some pictures from LinuxCon. You guys. <laughs> we're not nerd shaming. We're just... You're nerd shaming.
1: <laughs> we're beard shaming. How's your neck neckbeard coming, Spencer?
0: Uh, I shave the part on my neck off. Like, I'm trying to grow the evil spot goatee, but I'm not... Like, my neck is clear.
1: Uh times like these I'm glad I can't grow any facial hair.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The rate this is going, I think I probably can't, but I'm still trying. Um we could have like a really sad November
2: to raise money this this fall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'll oh, look uh, like those posters of the post office, like have you seen this man has <laughs> been he was last spotted with this child.
0: God. Oh god. It's so true too. Anyway, the the point I was going to make, so the prototype is going to be relatively high-powered. Other boxes will optimize, as I'm quoting here, for size, price, quietness, or other factors. On one hand, you know, they're playing off the scalability of their primary engine, which all the free-to-play stuff is on. On the other, if you need a low-power device to stream from your battle station, then you look for that. If you want something capable of running games on its own, you
2: look for that. There's...
0: A variety of i mean there's some flexibility here
2: my question then comes down to this whole streaming thing because i feel like the living room set top box market went from pretty saturated to overcrowded this year with like you know used to have roku boxy and apple tv and i have like a shitload of things and sony just announced the beta tv in terms of like game streaming
1: i saw that last weekend that bitch is tiny
2: i believe it, it looks like a credit card but like thick it is a crowded market. It is a, it is a saturated
0: market. Yeah,
2: so that's that's surprising to me uh, in that regard. Like, maybe they will unveil something that's more like that $100 set-top just streams Steam stuff from your PC, but I don't know. I think Valve's gone on the record about uh, believing that it's not about cloud-based streaming like Gaikai or anything like that. They're much more believers in having, like, hardware in your house that generates the content and you just stream the data. Yeah, which is...
0: I mean, that's what they've talked about, is if you have a primary rig running Steam, you get a Steam Box to to stream it to your TV.
2: That's true, yeah.
1: Maybe I should have just tempered my expectations the way they were for the Vita TV. Instead of looking at this as like a full-blown console, it's like more of a supplementary console.
0: And that's kind of the beauty, at least from my perspective, is that if you don't want the Steam Box to be a full-blown console, you don't have to get one that's a full-blown console. The, The whole purpose of the OS or of the hardware, at least as they're describing it, is to let it be multiple things to multiple people. They continue optimizing the OS. They have it built so that if you want to put it on a monstrous, you know, eight-core machine with three video cards, it will perform well. But in the interim, while it's getting ramped up, if you just want to stream from the machine you already have that's on Windows, you have that option.
2: And they've also announced... You know, the requisite media features you expect from one of these things, too. Like, they haven't set any partnerships yet, but it sounds like they're aiming for video and audio. So I would guess Netflix, Hulu Plus, Pandora, Spotify, RDO, that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of those are browser-based. Like, you wouldn't really need to have something to deliberately support Linux to, to run on a yeah. Steambox or a Steam machine. I mean,
2: a lot of native apps use, you know, HTML when they function. It's just a matter of, like, how is it packaged for the for the interface,
1: yeah, but it's not like there's there's not even a Linux native app for, like, Mac or Windows, is there?
2: Wait, what? A what native app?
1: Linux? Or not, uh, Netflix. No,
2: that's all browser. But, like, RDO has a native app. Spotify
1: has a native app. Okie doke. To me, it
0: makes sense. Granted, I am probably the person these announcements were meant for.
1: I did want a reason, though. I, I wanted them to show me the thing that was like, I don't need to buy a console because I can just buy this thing and not have to worry about it because... I don't want to buy a PC, but I like using Steam, I like the my Steam library and I'd like a device that lets me play those games easily on my TV at like nice resolutions. And yeah, it hasn't really felt like they showed me that yet.
2: I think that's fair because I they say these things are powerful, they say there'll be a variety and like you can choose they say choose a model right for you in twenty fourteen, but like it's hard to have confidence in that until they actually show something with feature sets and specifications and a price tag. Like, if I could go out next year and buy something for three or $400 that plays games that I already own and new ones super efficiently, I would definitely reconsider ever getting, like, a PS4 or Xbox One. But at this point, like, the way things are shaping up this fall, it's a lot uh, up in the air to kind of wait.
0: They're probably going to revoke my PC card for this, but why does it need to be exclusive. I've never viewed console ownership as
2: exclusive to PC. Oh, I just meant in terms of money spent. Like, if you're going to buy one piece of hardware...
0: Oh, in terms of money spent, that's that's reasonable. Like, it, it might seem more reasonable, at least at this point, with this void of details, to consider just building a PC at a later date when it's convenient for you, rather than opting for a Steam Box now.
1: Yeah, it's like, I know people who are buying both a PS4 and Xbox One, but for most people, that's that's a hilarious idea that just never even enters the equation. Yeah, and the Steam box would be in the same area. It's like if I'm spending four hundred dollars on a PS4, like that is negating other possible purchases. It's not like, well, I can maybe buy this other thing down the line. It's like, no, nah, I'm betting on this horse at least for the the short term.
0: Marrying to to one um, to one platform, which. It's a frustrating idea to me for a variety of reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's what creates that fanboy culture in the first place, but it's it's born out of a rational decision.
2: Yeah, you 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 have made your decision based on the factors and what you anticipate the future will hold, and you kinda want to be able to defend that position because oftentimes if you're paying that much money for a piece of hardware you play a lot of games on, you spend a lot of time with you, you know, you wanna feel like you can rationalize
1: that. There's at least one person out there that fought To the death for the Atari Jaguar. It's like, no, it's going to work out. Totally going to work out. It's going to be great. Bubsy 3D is coming. It's all going to be fine. I'm sure they never want to admit, like, this thing is going to die a miserable lonely. You can play Primal
0: Rage on this motherfucker. I mean, it's happened to nobler entries into the space, too. I mean, the Dreamcast leaps to mind. Thank God Doug's not here. (laughs) Uh, But I think what they're going for... And of course, it's all speculative. We'll know more as they say more. I think what they're going for here is a level of flexibility that even if their box doesn't take off, that the possibility exists for success in other areas. Now, that's as vague as their press release. But by having an open operating system, you're going to have a built-in number of people just willing to work on it and tweak it. That can
1: be ported over to the real
0: thing. I mean, as long as you get some good developer support, I think it'll take off whether or not the set-talk boxes do.
1: One thing that could be worrying, though, is that if they are trying to convince larger publishers to develop for Linux right now, one of the... You guys remember that the original PS4s, you could install Yellow Hat Linux on it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The PS3, yeah.
1: PS3, yeah. Sorry. Uh, But one of the reasons they removed that is because it turned out to be that some people were using it as a backdoor for PS3 piracy. If you're using an open OS like that on the Steam machines, like I don't know, what what would that make it easier? Would it be about the same as like trying to pirate these games on Windows 8 or Windows 7? Or- I
2: feel like it'd be about the same. Yeah, it depends on how Steam is actually written into the OS. Like if there are calls to like the authentication servers and stuff written in the OS level, that's like yeah, it's probably a security risk.
1: I mean, I know Steam itself is secure, but. Like These developers are presumably already making these games for Windows, and you want to incentivize them somehow to develop for Linux, but if it at some point becomes easier to pirate these games on Linux than it is on Windows, then you're going to remove that incentive for publishers to look at SteamOS seriously.
2: Here's just something to consider. So most PC publishers, especially a AAA games, still do physical copy releases. They release through other platforms like, God forbid, Origin or something else like that. Uh, Amazon direct download all these kinds of services so they're actually pretty much they're fragmenting their releases in a lot of ways and it's probably easier as a hacker or somebody to um, to crack a game if it's on multiple s- services and if it's on just one. And my guess is that if you're going on Linux, you're probably not going to do a physical Linux release because you're going to see Valve is like, I, I think Valve is trying to position position itself here as the de facto uh, Linux games platform. And I think that if you say like, yo, there, there's way less piracy on Linux, and if you lock it down just to an exclusive Steam release, it's much harder for people to pirate your game. That could just be any spitballing, but I, I could see that as being like the way they would take that argument.
0: Additionally, I just can't imagine that you could make games easier to pirate than they are on Windows. I'd be fascinated to eat my words on that, but piracy is just so easy to do on the Windows platform. It's probably about the same difficulty for Linux. But in a lot of ways uh, Valve has positioned Steam in such a way that sure you can pirate a game, but then you're not getting all the the added value. You know, you have no way to to share screenshots as easily. You have no way to earn trading cards if that's what you're into. You have no way of uh of connecting multiplayer if it's on Steamworks?
1: I think the only way to really, like, talk about Steam DRM as being a good thing is just the ease of which it is to move your library from machine to machine. Like, I've used my Steam library on multiple computers without any significant headaches, and that, for me, is, like, the reason to use Steam. It's not... That plus family sharing coming up soon. Yeah, we're all... We're, all, we're a family. Yeah, around.
2: we're a family of, uh... Yeah. There
0: you go. There you go. <laughs>
1: What I really need for them to do, though, as far as, like, entertaining all of my PC habits so I don't have to use anything but Steam, just make a full-on partnership with Humble Bundle already. Just have it so I don't even need to go to the browser and, like, enter in codes. Just let me buy Humble Bundles from Steam. that'd be the holy
0: grail. That would be great. That would be amazing. Of
2: course, at that point,
1: I don't know. (laughs) At that point, what? I don't know. We're just not... It's a store within a store at that point. No, it's like it's like a it's like a grab bag of goodies that you get like um or maybe like maybe they'll start doing like Steam mystery boxes like in this little package you can buy five mystery games you might get a golden winner or you might just get a bunch of shovelware bullshit
2: yeah you might get Euro Truck
0: Simulator or you might get anything but Euro Truck Simulator
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying that because that's losing if you don't get Euro Truck Simulator clearly you need another copy of Half Life Two right because you haven't gotten that enough times
0: yeah. I don't know, there's a strange number of people out there who haven't played Half-Life 2.
1: Yeah, but they still probably own it, Yeah, (laughs) even if they never played it.
0: Well, in that case, they're just Philistines.
1: But we don't don't make value judgments here. I I mean, uh, whatever.
0: Uh, Let's talk briefly about the controller. Just fucking with you.
1: Yeah, controller. Oh god, that thing.
0: Tyler, because you are convinced that this is some type of colossal mistake, why don't you start us off?
1: it looks like the like bastard cousin of a jam box like i i see it more as like a bluetooth portable speaker than an actual controller those buttons do not look easy to reach or control the two like weird touch pads like i don't know i've played games with touch pads before and like when it comes to like movement you kind of want the actual like Feeling of moving something and not just like sliding my thumb across a flat space. The touchpad thing is interesting to me because it has
2: feedback. Did you get that part? In what sense? It's like, what the fuck is the word? Haptics. So it has like a very... So it vibrates? It's like a, yeah, the idea is it's like a very subtle dynamic range of vibration to give you a better sense of what you're doing and what the feedback from that is. Like not a little motor
0: that's in there that shakes the whole thing. Like the, the fact that they look like speakers means that they can be used like speakers to vibrate what you're touching on the touchpads in a very specific way.
1: So this is going to have really terrible battery life. then.
2: <laughs> Tyler, I'm so glad that you're always the optimist on these shows, <laughs> but no, you're probably right. It's going to be shit.
1: Um, <laughs> Coming with the steam controller at the steam dock.
2: Oh God. The steam battery pack that charges 50 times before it stops working.
1: That's one of the biggest complaints I've heard about the Wii U controller, is that like for all the people I know that love the Wii U, it's like the lifetime on that controller for a day is garbage. For Wii U? Yeah.
2: I get like four hours out of it. I don't know. If I play more than four hours of a game in a day, I need to cry a little bit.
1: Okay, so Spencer and I apparently have a lot of crying to do then. I'm not judging, I'm just... Because I've done that at least once in the past like four weeks.
0: I wept myself to sleep after playing... 99% Ninety-nine percent of uh, the Last of Us in one sitting, but
1: yeah, well, that's that's probably more emotional damage. <laughs> I did the same thing with Last of Us. I binged the hell out of game. That came oh, out during my God. summer vacation. Like I just took a weekend and just like I'm just gonna power my way through this.
0: I wasn't even trying to. I just like played twelve hours of it, and then I realized, oh my fuck, it's five a.m. And then yeah, it just—I
1: literally saw the sunrise twice while I was playing that game. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: wow. Oh, that's amazing. Holy. Oh shit. my god.
1: One of them was during the ending, which felt very satisfying.
0: Yeah, that would that would be kind of kind of perfect. So my observation about the controller, and yeah, it looks pretty strange, and it's got this uh, supposed feedback.
1: Also, there's a screen in the center.
0: Well, that's the same as the PS4, so...
1: That's not a screen on the PS4. Isn't it? Yeah, it's just a touchpad. I, I thought it was supposed to display things. Nope, oh. you don't see shit. There's an LED light on the back.
0: All right, apparently I completely misread that press release, but for this uh, for the way that they're describing the way the feedback works on this, it sounds to me like the perfect device to accompany, if it works, uh, the Oculus Rift.
1: Yeah, which is that, that's not a thing that's on my radar at all. Are you look, looking forward to owning an Oculus Rift? Yes.
2: Yeah. The moment they're available okay. to pre-order, but again, I'm the exception.
1: I think the
0: Oculus Rift looks amazing. So,
1: well, Nick, you currently have a girlfriend that like actively plays games, right? Not just like tolerates them. Yeah. Yeah, and Spencer, your ex-girlfriend, did she play, or was that just sort of like a you have your little thing?
0: My ex-girlfriend left me for reasons. M- much lower than an Oculus Rift. So,
1: Well, I'm not asking if like the collapse of your relationship was gaming related. I'm just asking like how did she feel about the fact that like your hobby is gaming?
0: That is what I'm asking, by the way. I think the last <laughs> agreement we came to, the last agreement we came to was um she would play a game for every book I read. And I tried to tell her that's way more of a time investment on her part, but you know, then a week later she broke up with me. So,
1: All right, well, let's ignore the sadness for a little while at least.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm drunk enough that I'm not going to start moaning or anything, but go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My point is not like, oh, girls don't play games. My point is just like from personal experience, the people I've been in relationships with, like best case scenario for me, it's like it's a don't ask, don't tell situation. It's like they know that I play games as long as like I'm not trying to make conversations about games as long as i'm not like sacrificing time with them to play games you have your hobby and you have your fun but as far as oculus rift goes i don't ever want to be in a situation where someone walks into a room where i am sitting on a couch with a controller in my hand and some weird contraption is strapped to my face because that is just like a bridge too far it feels like
0: okay uh would you want them to walk in on you with you know using a mouse and keyboard and playing a game Would you ever want them to walk in on you playing a game?
1: Yeah, sure, because at least then, like, I'm still, like, physically present, but when there's something strapped to my head, presumably, like, headphones on my head, and, like, I am completely removed from, like, any sort of social context at that point. Like, I am in another place. You know, there's, I think
2: that's actually a really good point, point. it's my biggest fear about Oculus. The only comparison I have there is when I played Deep Sea, which is that sensory deprivation game, where you wear, like, blackout goggles, and, like, Noise-canceling headphones. You have to like shoot a harpoon underwater. It's really messed
1: up. Sounds horrifying.
2: You feel completely removed from the, from the surroundings that you that you have.
1: So I also have an irrational fear of like deep water too. Don't play that game.
0: I mean, it's awesome, <laughs> but you will probably have nightmares. Yeah, um, or or go scuba diving for that
2: matter. Yeah, yeah, fuck scuba. Um, that's I mean, that's that's a good point. And like, yeah, I mean, like my girlfriend. Just to, like, you know, for comparison's sake, she likes games, she doesn't play a ton of them, but she's she appreciates them, but, like, if, if it was something she just didn't care about or didn't get, like, that wouldn't be a problem. We just wouldn't talk about them often, because it wouldn't be a mutual interest, so. I, I get where Tyler's coming from, though, in the sense of, like, um, actually, I don't. What does, what does the controller have to do with that fear of, like, being walked in on?
1: Oh, just, like, arguing the controller is, like, this makes Oculus Rift easier, and just, like, You can't use that as an argument to sell this controller to me because I don't want an Oculus Rift.
2: There's probably about a five person overlap of people who both want an Oculus Rift and want this controller right now. And I'm probably one of them, but I'm also like an idiot. I mean, I'm very curious about it. That's what it comes down to
0: is because we're not going to know until somebody's had hands on it. But yeah, I think it's very intriguing. And I think that it would make a good pairing for that if it works as advertised.
1: It's very confusing for me right now. Like what? Valve is trying to accomplish with this, with with this three-prong pairing, because, like, each one seems like a a hard-selling point for PC developers. Like, one, you have to sell them on Linux. Two, you have to sell them, like, these boxes are going to enable Linux. And three, you have to sell them on this new controlling interface to somehow, I don't know, change the game or to incentivize people to buy a Steam machine and to get in Linux.
0: A- And I I said this before, I don't think that Linux is as hard of a sell as you claim it to be. That's just a feeling on my part. I don't know.
1: I'm only looking at what's available right now. I'm looking at what's selling. And right now, Linux games don't sell what what, what PC games sell. AAA games aren't put on Linux the way they're put on PC. Like until that starts happening, like I'm not going to take Linux seriously.
2: Well, what makes you think that's not going to happen? I mean it's starting
1: right now. Because it hasn't happened.
0: It's and, there's ten years of build-up on Windows and then there's this, which is kind of the first attempt at optimizing Linux for gaming.
2: Yeah, I think that the perspective of it that hasn't happened is kind of bearish.
1: But I guess I, I had hoped that when Steve when Val was gonna say like we're gonna support Linux in a big way and we're gonna make this machine, it wouldn't just be these things. It wouldn't just be saying we have people that are doing things on Linux. It would be like we have names that we are dropping that are making games for Linux, if not actual games to say or show for themselves. Well, my guess is they probably don't
2: have a whole lot of publishers right now or a lot of developers, but they put up this, these announcements in this way because they want to recruit people who want to tinker with the OS, who want to beta test the hardware, who are developers who want to work on this stuff. And like they, I know for a fact that they've been showing this hardware around for months. Like They mentioned that uh, they came to Double Fine, I think in June or July, to demo the cave running on uh, this controller. So... They've been having those conversations. It's just, I do agree, it's a little weird the announcements haven't been made about, like, these developers are signed on. Yeah, the
1: cave, that was a big seller.
2: Yeah, that game was not very good, I know. But, like, the point there is that it was months ago.
1: One thing I see as promising, though, is, like, looking at this controller, like, you look at the button mapping that they have demonstrated on the site. They're not trying to make another, like, 360 controller for your PC. They're trying to some make something that makes sense for playing PC games on television. Right. And so this isn't going to be the, you can play console games on your PC. This is going to be the, you can play the PC games in a console like context. It's going, they're trying to solve that problem where it's like suddenly RTS games in your living room aren't an asinine proposition.
0: Right. Like you could conceivably play League or Dota. On, on your TV. You could play Civ Five on your TV.
1: Oh, I gotta imagine, like, if you're making a Steam machine, if you're making Steam OS, like, and Dota 2 is, like, your number one moneymaker, which I'm pretty sure it is for Valve right now, like, yeah, they want Dota 2 to run very easily and well on this thing. Exactly. My question
2: is, could you play Super Meat Boy or Street Fighter 4 with this controller and not have it feel terrible? That's what's going to come down to it. does not
1: look like it. Well, I mean, it all comes down to the
2: feedback, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I would guess probably... Probably not, but, uh, we, we have yet to see the other big point, uh, that, that I think is, is kind of a standout bit about it is the fact that they are shipping it with the API, which that's, that's pretty significant. Like they're going to try and get developers developing specifically to cater to this as, as an add-on proposition.
1: Also, these Steam machines are going to have USB ports, of course, and it's Steam, so it's not like these games aren't going to support plugging in an Xbox or Xbox One controller. It's not, it's not going to support plugging in your arcade stick or whatever. They've always
2: allowed it. You can plug in your stupid Stepmania pad if you want to. And Spencer will.
0: I, the whole notion of uh, of Big Picture was that it was built for controllers. Like, it's not built for the Steam controller specifically. It's just built for controllers. I don't
1: think Big Picture is very useful yet.
2: Well, I mean, I haven't used it on a TV, so... I've used it for a few months for, like, a beta product. It's pretty solid. I like the cleanness of the interface, but it's kind of clunky and unreliable, so...
1: Yeah, it feels very, very unfinished.
2: Well, then again, so did Steam when it first launched. So did CS Source when it first launched, you know, with Steam integration. I mean, it's...
1: Yeah, but we can't compare everything that Valve does now to, like, the way Steam originally launched. Like, I don't want to go through that waiting period again, and I know that they... Well, then don't buy it. We shouldn't have to. Like, they're not in the same place that they were back then. Well, I think this comes down to, like, the
2: company's structure and philosophy, and, like... They, they are by nature a very flat, very lean company that doesn't have a lot of people and takes big risks. And I think a part of that is being willing to ship something before it's something that they're super proud of, that's super polished. The other part, uh, and I feel like this is really important, and
0: I mean, it's, it's kind of being overlooked. This is their beta announcement. This is them saying, hey, we're looking to recruit people to send them a piece of hardware before the end of the year that is beta. This is not them saying, hey here's the Steam box, it costs this much, buy it, you know, go pre-order it right now.
2: Yeah, and this isn't the finished controller either.
0: Exactly. This is an announcement of a beta. So to, to expect it to be
2: completely perfect out the gate is unreasonable. Sony and Microsoft can't and won't take that kind of risk in announcing something early because of the criticism they fear receiving. And because they know that their competitor won't do that. Um, Valve's in a different position where it can take the early attack of putting something out there that's more risky, less developed, less fleshed out, maybe less high quality, because the people they're trying to target, I think, have a different set of expectations and also a different type of engagement with the brand.
1: So, who do you think they're trying to target with these announcements? I think we covered this, but like first,
2: you know, developers and people who are engaged in Steam already, they're trying to get the press out there a bit that the S A R moving to the hardware space and here is happening by the end of next year. I'm guessing the next wave of announcements will be things like partnerships, uh, a look at the first um, Steam box that Valve is developing, and uh, that kind of stuff. And that'll probably come, I would guess, probably early next year.
1: And do you think that they're successful in this this courtship of that audience?
2: Uh, If they're targeting who I think they're targeting, I think this is a pretty... I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of feedback on positive or negative from the press, but as somebody who's been following this pretty closely and has been following Valve as a company pretty closely, this uh, this is the announcement I was looking for, I was expecting.
0: I have already completed my hardware beta eligibility quest, so that I'm on the list of 300,000 people, of
2: which less than 1% will get a piece of hardware.
0: So, I, yeah, I'm who they were aiming this at. At the
2: same time, too, P- uh, Spencer and I actively pay- play PC games because we have PCs that run New games. And I know that, like, being in Japan and having an older MacBook makes that really difficult at this point. So I think that because we're already spending a lot of time on Steam lately, we're probably more inclined to be excited about this kind of announcement, too.
1: That excuse only gets me so far. I know plenty of people over here that either built PCs or bought PCs that run PC games. I just keep making the judgment where it's just I'm just more comfortable in that console space. And while I do like having some PC games and running PC games, it's just I've never wanted to make the full plunge into going back into PC hardware again. And while there was definitely a part of me that was hoping that this would give me that push, I didn't really see that. But I suppose that's just my own like sense of excessive expectations as far as what was going to be announced and what was going to be shown here.
2: I think that's a fair assessment, though, given you know the perspective you just laid out. Like This is not this is not the kind of announcement you would want to be looking for if that's what and you're hoping for. And I was
1: thinking as far as, like, SteamOS and Steam Machines go, like, I don't know, I thought that Valve was going to be going down a road where eventually Steam isn't on Windows and isn't supporting the new v- versions of Windows. But this makes it apparent that that is not likely part of their strategy.
2: Not yet. Could they? What At what point in time would it be safe to do that, though?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll support, like, whatever... Windows comes next. Like, let's let's say they support Windows 9, but if that is not, like, a remarkable improvement upon what Windows 8 is, I could see them not supporting Windows 10.
0: I would take the opposite approach and basically say once there is a Xbox Live style uh, certification process to have your app appear on Windows at all, that is when they'll stop supporting it. I mean, they've cited in the past that uh, the process for Live is why you know, TF2 never got any updates and why, um, you know, the they ended up having to charge for the DLC for, um, for Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. So I think that that's the direction Microsoft is moving, definitely. And once they finally constrict it to that point, they would have no reason to support it if
2: this roadmap for them works out. I think they'll need to continue to support Windows XP 7 and 8 while there's a market share there and while there are games that were developed just for those. But I think it does make sense to say that, like, we won't officially support Windows at a certain point. And, like, you can still run games that were built for older operating systems. But, like, if they require, let's say, like, DirectX 13 support or whatever it may be at that point, they may not support that on their platform, which would be interesting. But I think what they're really trying to do is drive developers toward embracing open libraries and open GL and, like, an open operating system.
1: Well, you think that would be the end goal. I mean, what would be the point of going on this endeavor if you don't want to start convincing people to move away from Windows and to start supporting Steam OS?
0: Yeah, good point. And maybe maybe they'll get there, but I don't think we're going to see it for at least five years,
2: would be my guess. Oh, yeah. It, it, no way it's faster. Most likely. But I think it's an interesting thing, because I don't think we've seen a game, a big game like Platform Holder, put a stake in the ground like this before, like... We've seen kind of a relative amount of conservatism, I think, on uh, console iteration from Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, in terms of, like, this sort of stuff, if that makes sense.
1: Wait, what, what kind of, like, what, what huge steps are you seeing here that you don't think that the other guys are capable of or are interested in doing? Uh,
2: two things. Open hardware and fuck Windows. Yeah. The
0: most outlandish thing that came out of the announcements for the One and the PS4 were streaming. That was it. Yeah. Everything else was pretty much oh okay, so they iterated a little bit.
2: The PS four has a great suite of services and a really solid controller and it's an it's basically an iterative upgrade.
1: I am looking forward to like the sharing capabilities and like if it is is easy to start Twitch streams on PS four as like some people are intuiting it is, like I could perceivably start doing Twitch streams in the next like year or so. That's big too. I know too. that you've actually dabbled with that yourself, Nick, on PC, but uh, it doesn't seem like as easy to initiate on PC as it would be in this scenario.
2: No, it's going to be much easier on console. It's still pretty shitty on, on PC. Spencer probably knows more about streaming than I do at this point, but... Honestly, I found, I found the one
0: open source platform for streaming, and it's worked with everything I've thrown at it, and it's been maybe five minutes of labor at the start and then beyond that
1: it's been fine is it on mac
0: uh it might be i was gonna say i'm not playing on a mac however obs might because it's open source i hadn't looked into it
2: i think it supports mac the bigger problem is getting twitch to like configure correctly have the right title and game selected for what you're streaming that kind of stuff because like you'll be able to tell all that data from the console so that's 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 the cool stuff that consoles are doing is you know content creation and sharing which is something valve has been trumpeting for years and years so um if anything this is kind of a conservative announcement from them given like the talk they've been talking in the last few years but i don't know i mean if, if i were investing in game companies in the five to ten year range i would put a lot of my money on valve but that's just my analysis of the situation
1: i don't see the whole openness of the box as being especially like bold move i mean since the thing is essentially a pc like steam itself is still not open it's just the actual like hardware itself.
0: Yes, and that I I still think that's a selling point. I mean, the idea that I, it does add a level of complexity, but at the same time, you know, if you could have bought a part to have full sixty four player support in Battlefield instead of whatever it was they constricted it to on um, on three sixty, I feel like people would have bought that part like just to just to throw an example out there
1: yeah
2: all right guys hmm. we are the hour mark and we are way
0: way over on
1: this one
2: yeah we've probably lost everybody at this point but that's okay because we had a good talk we had some laughs
1: mostly at spencer's expense yeah but that's par for the course
0: <laughs> yeah that's kind of how my life goes at any rate well it's got dark um, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite step mania song spencer
0: you know, I'm still partial to Rhythm and Police.
1: I was joking, but okay, sure. Look, I that have one great.
0: because, god damn it, man. I I am rife with self-parody because I actually like the things that I like instead of just like throwing them out there and then waiting for a laugh and going
1: like, yeah, that's stupid. Shine on, you crazy diamond. I'd,
0: I'd be really, really popular with hipsters if I just was able to throw that statement in there. But instead, i make an earnest statement of approval and then they just kind of go, oh... And then they walk away.
2: <laughs> boy, that, that that did get dark. Anyway, <laughs> you can make a donation to uh, Spencer's Self Esteem Fund at the link following this podcast.
1: Oh boy! Just remember, kids, if you follow Spencer on Twitter, when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes back into you.
0: <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty much what my Twitter account is like, I guess.
2: So, follow Spencer for what is that Bravo? Bear
0: Stearns Bravo bullshit. Oh, God, it's so good. You don't even know. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Don't be, don't be attacking the Bear Stearns Bravo here. I'm just. You're outnumbered, I, Nick.
2: I'm sure it's great. I just really miss the innocent days of Horse Ebooks being a really
1: bizarre Twitter account and nothing else. But they're, they're bringing back FMB games.
0: There are plenty of bizarre Twitter accounts, there's only one Bear Stearns Bravo. I do love FM Geek Games. You should really try it out. The first episode's free, and again, I have not even, like, I, I don't think I've even been through half
1: of what's in there. I've only finished episode one, and oh, what a pleasure that was to play.
0: There you go. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening. Catch us on the next episode. The Silicon Sasquatch podcast is a production of siliconsasquatch.com. Our panelists for this episode were Tyler Martin, Nick Cummings, and Spencer Tordoff. The show is produced by Spencer Tordoff, and the remainder of our editorial staff is Aaron Thayer and Doug Bonham. If you'd like to hear more of our work, check us out at siliconsasquatch.com.